Jesus knew that the only way to purify our hearts was by the shedding of his holy blood. The Roman soldiers did all they could in ways unimaginable to stop our Savior's heart. And that heart did stop for three days. The author of life died, but God raised him up again. You know this story. You know this story because it's your story. It's not just an historical event that happened 2,000 years ago. It's not just a well-worn page in your family Bible. It is so much more than that. It is so much more familiar, so much closer to you than that. The Word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. This is your story. And in your story, Jesus' heart will never stop beating for you. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating foods with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. So, I'm the new guy. There's no hiding that. And so the last few weeks here, I've been doing a lot of new things. Sweating through three outfits in one day. 
that's new. <laughs> Trying to figure out these one ways in downtown, that's new. Learning to play pickleball, that's new. Using this music stand because that pulpit isn't one size fits all, that's, that's new for you guys and, and for me. But preaching here at Peace, this, this is brand new. And so when I got here a couple weeks ago, pastor asked me if there was a specific text that I wanted to preach my first vicar sermon on. Otherwise, Mark chapter 7 was on the schedule. Not knowing exactly what was in Mark 7, I said, whatever's on the schedule, that'll be great. And here we are. Mark chapter 7. When I first read it, I saw two things. Rules about hand washing and a lesson about dirty hearts. I was a little worried. This is going to be my first sermon. I was, a little, I was a little bummed. I wanted to preach all about Christ and a big gospel message. But I see these words before us, and it looks like a whole lot of law. But I'm excited to unpack these words with you this morning. We'll see that God's message for us is still all about Christ and the gospel. In a discussion about clean and unclean hearts, Christ has to be in the equation. Otherwise, we'd just be sitting here talking about unclean hearts and scratching our heads. See what God does with hearts. He protects our hearts from any feelings of uncleanness or inadequacy, and he washes them so that they are perfectly clean. I'm trying to imagine exactly how this scene between the disciples and Jesus and the Pharisees played out exactly. It was lunchtime in Galilee, and the disciples found a picnic table, and they plopped down, and they started eating. Now, they didn't have mom there to pass around the Germex bottle of hand sanitizer. They just started digging right in. And they're talking, and they're laughing, and they're catching up on the day's events. And then the laughing dies down. They see in the distance these men coming and approaching Jesus, their rabbi. Men wearing fancy clothes and a fancy, fancy headdresses. And they're thinking to themselves, what are these guys doing here? These are Pharisees. All the way from Jerusalem, what are they doing up here in Galilee? And so the disciples get back to their lunch, their voices maybe a bit more hushed, their faces a little more serious, and they see the Pharisees. They're talking to Jesus, and it seems pretty serious. They're showing Jesus their hands, and they're gesturing with their hands. And then all of a sudden, those hands are pointing fingers at the disciples. And the disciples look down and they see and maybe smell their fishing clothes and they do a bit of self-examination. They're reminded of all their various shortcomings and they're asking themselves, are we an embarrassment to Jesus? 
Is there something that we did that was wrong? And then the scene changes. Jesus points his fingers at the Pharisees. And his voice is raised, but the disciples can't quite hear what he's saying. But he's motioning to his lips and then to his heart. Mark records those words for us this morning. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. The Pharisees were telling Jesus that his disciples needed to wash their hands in order to be clean before God. And Jesus tells the Pharisees that they needed to wash their hearts. What the Pharisees had done was, was heartbreaking, really. They had let go of God just to pick, on, pick up human commands, traditions, and customs. And the worst thing is that they were putting the disciples down, the disciples who followed Jesus for not doing the same. And look at what your Savior does for his disciples. In the same moment that he's preaching against the hard hearts of the Pharisees, he's protecting the fragile hearts of his disciples. Disciples who are still trying to figure out what it means exactly to follow Jesus. Disciples who are learning, trying to understand that obeying God is a matter of the heart and not the hands. Being afraid of what other people think of you can be really, really harmful. Worrying about whether or not people are judging you can take something really good and totally ruin it. Think about going to the gym, for example. The gym is a great place to lift weights, burn calories, reduce stress. But what happens when the whole time that you're at the gym, you're worrying what other people are thinking about you? You're worrying whether you are the least in-shape person in the whole building, that your squat technique isn't quite right, or maybe your clothes aren't the most stylish, Chances are, if that's all that's going through your mind at the gym, you're probably going to stop going. Being afraid of what other people think of you can take something really good, like going to church, and totally ruin it. Church is a great place to hear God's word, to receive the forgiveness of sins, and to enjoy Christian friendships. But what happens if the whole time you're here, you're worried? You're worried that you are the least Christian person in the building. That you aren't worshiping according to the right technique. Do I need to cross myself at this point? Do I need to raise my hands up in the air? What do I do? Or maybe you've been here for a couple years and you're still worrying, I, I just don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know if I should be here. 
the truth is Jesus just wants you here. And Jesus is stronger than any worries or any pointing fingers. Jesus protects you. He points you to his word. And he protects your hearts from any feelings of uncleanness or inadequacy. Christ protects you with his word. Never, ever forget that. But this morning, we need to talk a bit more about our hearts. It's at this point in Jesus' ministry that he says something so important. And it's here that we need to have the difficult discussion about our hearts. It's nothing to shy away from. Jesus actually calls the whole crowd to him to listen. He says, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. This is a huge moment in Jesus' teaching ministry, but what, what exactly is he saying? I think he's saying where he thinks evil comes from. That it comes from within. From a person's heart. Now I can think of a lot of people today that would disagree with that teaching. I would imagine that some of those Pharisees were shaking their heads disagreeing. But since Jesus is God... I'm going to go with him on this one. I think he's right about it. As my wife Kyla and I were, were packing up our apartment in Wisconsin, there was one question that we asked ourselves at least 50 times. Where did we get all this stuff? <laughs> and I'm sure that some of you who kindly helped us move into our apartment were sort of asking yourselves the same question. Where did they get all this stuff? But I promise if you see our apartment now, you'll see that we're not actually hoarders. But that's really the point that I want to make. What happens when you settle into a place for a while is that all of your stuff settles in as well. And it's not until you start bringing it all out into the open and packing it up until you ask yourself, where did all this junk come from? Our hearts are a lot like that, I think. At first glance, they might not look that bad. It might look like everything's in good order. But what happens when you start uncovering those things that have settled into place? When you start emptying those cabinets and closets, then you begin to ask yourself, where did all this junk come from? Junk like sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. That's quite the list. Some of those things in your heart might be right out in the open, sitting on a shelf. Other things might be 
hidden away in some dark closet. But they're still there. Deep down somewhere, they're there. And that's a lot of junk to haul around with you. You can't list it on Facebook Marketplace, can't drop it off at Goodwill. What are you supposed to do with it? Unfortunately, we can't do a thing about it. Except listen to Jesus' words and to hear his heart. Jesus says to us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus sees the burden that we're carrying around. He, see, he sees the sins and sorrows, and he lifts them off of our shoulders, and he says, learn from me. Take a look at my heart. At first glance, looking at Jesus' heart, it might just look like a normal human heart. He was a man. He is a man, after all. But I think you'd be surprised to see what's in there. Or rather, who is in there? Twelve sinful disciples, tax collectors, Roman centurions, lepers, foreigners, Gentiles. This was Jesus' last year on earth. And what is in his heart but a passionate and driven love for sinners? Right after this account, we see Jesus traveling all over the place. And what's he doing? But bringing more and more people in. And he hasn't stopped ever since. Twelve sinful disciples, tax collectors, Roman centurions, lepers, foreigners, Gentiles, you and me. Jesus made sure that no matter where you were in life, no matter what you looked like, no matter what you were doing, no matter the wrongs you had done, no matter whether you ever wanted to step foot into a church, Jesus made sure that he had you, that he made you his own. But after a while of Jesus doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, that adds up to quite a bunch of people. And in the world's eyes, they might look at the church and kind of think it's a, a bunch of junk. Like it's this ragtag group of people. And they just don't think we're really worth much at all. But Jesus protects your hearts from any feelings of uncleanness or inadequacy. And not only that, but he washes them so that they are perfectly clean. There's not a speck remaining. Greed, washed away. Sexual immorality, clean slate. Murder, gone. This is preaching. This is what I wanted to tell you in my first vicar sermon. 
The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Jesus knew that the only way to purify our hearts was by the shedding of his holy blood. The Roman soldiers did all they could in ways unimaginable to stop our Savior's heart. And that heart did stop for three days. The author of life died. But God raised him up again. You know this story. You know this story because it's your story. It's not just an historical event that happened 2,000 years ago. It's not just a well-worn page in your family Bible. It is so much more than that. It is so much more familiar, so much closer to you than that. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. This is your story. And in your story, Jesus' heart will never stop beating for you. This is your story. The waters of baptism trickle down your forehead. And together with the word, that cleansing water rushed into the deepest and darkest corners of your heart. Jesus offers you his body and the blood that pumps through his heart. Taste and see. This is your story. Along with being the new guy here, some of you may know that I'm going to be a new dad in November. And so I've been trying to do a little bit of reading about it, trying to learn something at least. And one of the things that I've learned is that one of the best things you can do for that newborn baby is to hold them close. Now, this may seem like a no-brainer. Of course, you're going to want to hold that child close and give him some love. But the list of health benefits that this has is, is huge, really. One of these miraculous health benefits is that you actually help to regulate the baby's heartbeat. Doctors don't know exactly how or why this happens, but they think it's because that baby hears and feels mom or dad's heartbeat. They hear the heart that beats for them. They feel the heart that loves them more than they can imagine. God holds on to you as his dear child. Hear the heart that beats for you. Feel the love, feel the heart that loves you more than you can ever imagine. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, our hearts would be a mess without you. But you have so filled our hearts with your love. Guard and protect us from any feelings of uncleanness or inadequacy. And remind us that you have washed our hearts so that they are perfectly clean. It is in your name we pray. Amen.